Disclaimer, while we are both licensed mental health professionals in the state of Georgia, anything stated in today's show is not intended to be used as a therapeutic intervention or clinical recommendation. We are not providing therapy during our show. Rather, we're bringing the insight and experience of our professional lives to dig deep into topics that impact women across the board. If you are in need of a professional therapist, please seek one out in your community. If you're experiencing a psychiatric emergency, please dial 911 or go to your closest emergency room. Talk Straight, a podcast by real women for real women who are looking for real change. Let's get comfy and get honest about what our lives really look like and what it takes to really live them to their fullest. No filters, no bullshit, no shame, just real honest talk from real everyday women. Welcome back. We are super excited to talk about another naughty F-word. F word. <laughs> F words. We decided last episode to do a series because there are just so many F words <laughs> that are not fun, like some F words. They are hard. There are hard topics that sometimes I think we as women shy away from or we pretend that there's not really something there. And so we're going to lay it all out. We're going to bear our shit with this <laughs> F word. So tell us, Leanne, what is the F word? What's our topic for today? Today we are talking about failure. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Yes. And just, you know, this comes up because it has been shown in so much research that women actually fear failure so much more than men. I don't have statistics on it, but it's like you go through all the research papers and it all say, you know, like there's this basic fear of failure that's just completely ingrained in females. Mm. Um, I mean, and we can even talk about that risk-taking, right? And how males are bigger risk-takers than females um, and how society looks at that even, right? It's great when the male like takes the risk and creates his business, but it's like crazy when a female does, right? So it's, we can get into all of those different messages that we have that really prevents us from taking that next courageous step forward mm. into living out our big life dream, whatever that may be. Right. Right. So, right. Yes. We are. And we're going to talk about how it actually starts in school. Like I am. Oh. Let's go there. Let's go to the very beginning. In the beginning, there was the word. And the word that all the women, all the all the little girls heard was no and be careful. And <laughs> right, like there's so many messages that we receive as 
children. And I mean, you have a a teenage girl now, Mm -hmm. but also two little boys. I have a little boy and I'm so aware at the messages that I send him at times because I'm, I, I question at times, would I send the same message if, and it's a little bit opposite because I, if I had a little girl, I think I would say, if I, if I had a boy, would I be sending the same message? Just making Mm -hmm. sure, just checking myself that because I would never intentionally give a message that is sexist or gender gender stereotyping or, you know, never intentionally. But I also have to acknowledge, and this is important for everybody when we're talking about hard stuff, is that we all have our stuff. We all have our baggage. We all have the messages that have been ingrained in us. And it's good to challenge those. It's good to get curious about those. Um, but we have to acknowledge them first. And so I acknowledge that I grew up and heard, I mean, this is terrible. And my dad would totally defend himself and be like, it was just a joke. But like, Mm -hmm. I grew up hearing things like women don't need watches. Why is that? Because there's a timer, there's a clock on the stove. Like that's the, that's the kind of shit, right? Like that's the kind of shit that like, I, my, my poor dad, he, he (laughs) did the best he could with what he had and you can do the best that you can and still miss the mark. And he always says like, I'm so proud of you for everything that you've accomplished. And in my, in the back of my mind, I say to myself, I did all of that to spite you because I heard the messages that girls couldn't do certain things. We weren't, we weren't brave enough. We weren't strong enough. We weren't capable enough. We weren't whatever. And, and yeah, I'll make amends to my dad later if I need to, but (laughs) he also, he also taught me how to shot a a rifle, right? Like he, he taught me things and, and acknowledged different parts of who I was outside of gender stereotypes and gender norms. But man, I mean, I can remember even in college, a roommate's friend, um, or I'm sorry, roommate's father, when he asked who was going to mow our grass and I got so offended and I was like, um, the person with two legs right in front of you is going to mow our yard. Like, what do you mean? Who's going to mow our yard? Cause it was a house of five girls and young women. And I just was like, like, but that is, that is still like, those are the messages of just like, well, gosh, Oh no. What will the girls do? Oh, mm, one uh, one will never know unless a man is there to help. Right. And so, right. yes, we can, I would love to hear some of what you heard because we grew up in different regions, but we have very similar stories of things that we've heard, but you also had super strong ass women in your life that were probably like impacting. Yeah. Impacting yes, the narrative. No, absolutely. So, you know, a lot of gratitude for that. And just having, I mean, the, the women in my family were go-getters. They were smart. They were, you know, they challenged themselves. They always wanted to grow. On the other hand, they had a lot of resentment and an anger towards the males in the family and that males couldn't do certain things. And, you know, it still carries out to this day. Um, when I look at the patterns, within my mom, with me, with my sisters, because I have two sisters and I have two brothers and what, what she relies on us for and versus, versus my brothers. Mm. So in that aspect, it's different, but what it, it was, you know, I was informed that it's not okay to fail as a female, as a female, a strong female, a confident female that I was supposed to be a go-getter that's determined 
yeah, just strong female because I do come from that long lineage Mm. and I'm very proud of that. And it's at a detriment because perfectionism comes in and it was just like, if you don't get an A, like I remember, and I think I've told this story before, of just like bringing home my first B and my grandmother just like beating my ass. Like literally I, I remember being on the bed, she was over me and she's like five foot, like four, like she's this teeny tiny Polish woman. They are fierce. I will tell you. Um, <laughs> so the, ti- the tinier, the mightier. Mm. <laughs> And, you know, and I just, I remember her and I remember just like being so confused and being so scared and just like not wanting to hurt my grandmother and not wanting to disappoint the family Mm. or, you know, anything like that. So mine was very different in the fact of just like, what we, what were the expectations? And we were expected to be perfect. We were expected to be kind. We were expected to be strong. We were expected to, you know, surpass everybody. So I remember like, and going back into like the school aspect of it too, because that's where I learned about failure. We don't fail. Mm. And when you do, you are a disgrace to the family. So being from that sort of background or that belief system, I remember when I started, like, I just could not figure out math. I just couldn't. My, my brain didn't work that way. I'm creative in so many other ways, just not that way. <laughs> and my, and that was my B that I brought home. And then when I kept on trying and I kept on working on it, my grandmother worked on it with me and I kept on getting lower and lower grades. And I started forging signatures in fifth grade because I was petrified mm-hmm. of bringing that home to my family. So luckily she finally got the message. And I talk a lot about my grandmother because my, my mom worked a lot. My mom you know, was the breadwinner of our family and just an amazing soul. But so I spent a lot of time in between my home and my grandmother's home and even my great grandmother's home, you know, my great grandparents' home. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, just being able to, to recognize how that impacted me in the fear of failure and how I was so driven, which is again, I'm super grateful for. And the perfectionism definitely had me holding back for a very, very long time. Mm. Um, So, you know, schools, you think about with schools, you know, I was so afraid to bring home that F, but like, that's all they grade us on too. It's like, why can't we celebrate? I remember getting, I know I'm sort of going off on a tangent, but now I'm bringing it up to like present day and how, like you were saying, how we talk to our kids and how I make sure, you know, I'm doing the best of my ability to, to let them know, like, it, it, you know, be, be a C, like, it's all good. Like, where's your strength? What do you love to do? And stuff like that. But we, I still have that conditioning and the school system is still conditioned to, you have an F, they will send home everything and they will tell you that they're not doing good enough. I want to know when my kids doing like has A's. I want to know, I want to know all of it, right? I right. want it all to be celebrated and to be recognized and, you know, and that's where I tell my kids too. I'm like, well, you, you tried like, okay, so you tried, what, what are we missing here and how courageous and how awesome of you yeah. that you went out there and you still tried, even though it was hard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's sort of just, woof, just went in a whole little tangent there. <laughs> but it, but it all comes back to, again, like the messages that we receive, the impact that, and so much of it is personality also, like. I mean, you can be raised in the same family and have the same messages, but two 
I mean, even like I think about your boys, like one may take it one way and the other may take it a different way. And you just, you never know. And so that's why I think it's so important that we look at the language that we use and the messaging that we are sending. But I, I encourage failure with Sloan, my eight-year-old, um, on the regular, because mm-hmm. part of his temperament and his personality is he's naturally afraid of doing something and maybe I, I'll never know. Maybe there was a reaction at some point that from me or my husband that that created some of that in him. But he is, he he gets really bummed out when he doesn't do something perfect or right the first time. And I'm always like, dude, every first attempt is supposed to look ugly. <laughs> like right. it's not like right, embrace that because that is just part of the journey. Like that's just part of the process. But he personality wise and temperament wise really is just like, Oh, I can't do it. And it's like, Oh no, dude, like let's celebrate that you just tried something and failed big time. Right. Like, so I'm trying to normalize it and not create that, that shame shame around it. Thank you. Shame is the word. And, and that's, you know, that's an SH word. That's right. (laughs) We'll go on to the SH. <laughs> after these, after the F words. After the F bombs, we'll we'll circle back. It's interesting that your messaging was very different than my messaging growing up. The messaging for me was definitely more of the girls aren't good enough or aren't capable enough. And well, you can't do that because you're a girl. Mm-hmm. And so I took on a very similar pattern of behavior that you did hearing something very different. And mine was more like, F you, I'm going to like, I'll show you. And so we both have very similar paths in climbing the corporate ladder and being very determined and successful and, but the messaging. So the moral of the story is parents, you're fucked either way, whether you (laughs) (laughs) kidding, kidding. Uh, But, but there is some some element of when we know better, we do better. Um, that's my Angelo, right? Like when we know better, we do better. And depending on, on your kid, depending on, and let's, we'll shift away from parenting, depending on you, mm-hmm. right? Because so much of this we learn as kids, but then we get into adulthood and we just continue the same behaviors and we sometimes can play the victim or the martyr and just be like, well, but that's just how I was raised and that's just all mm-hmm. I know. Well, yes. And, Yes. At some point we become, we transition from children into adults and we learn things and then we make decisions to do things differently. And my biggest like turnaround point and like doing things differently when I was sacrificing my health and my sanity all for the avoidance of failure or the avoidance of perceived failure, because that's also heavy as fuck, is how, how to be authentic and embrace all the parts of us. I had a sponsor Mm -hmm. once years ago when I first got into program and she said, she she called it phoniness. It was false cheerfulness in the big book. She called it phoniness and I was so offended and I was like, Uh I am not phony. But the more we talked about it, I was like, fuck, I'm so phony. Like there's, there's, (laughs) there was so much truth to it, but it was, it was, um, painful enough that it encouraged me to want to like dig deeper and figure out like, what is that? But I was just trying to be so perfect in every single way and just be mm-hmm. this high achieving, 
I've got it all together. Everything is great, even when I'm dying on the inside. And so thank God somebody spoke truth to me and was just like, why don't we work on authenticity? And because people don't connect with perfection. People connect with truth and struggle. And, um, and so, yeah, like my, my fear of failure created this phony persona, this mask that I wore that was always cheerful and false cheerfulness was, was another layer of it was just always smiling and always happy and always, everything's great. And there was, that was again, feeling fearful of if I'm not happy, then I'm, I'm clearly I'm messing up, I'm failing. And so very little in between. There was like these two extremes, right? Like this very black and white, all or nothing extremes and little in between where it was safe to just be authentic, Mm -hmm. um, to be able to say like, I'm having a really shitty day. So if I roll my eyes a couple extra times, just know it's not personal. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. It was that failure. That was just, it just felt like such a failure. Right. Or, you know, putting on that persona that people expect from you, that makes me think about like my family, they, they look at me because I have always been very optimistic and cheerful and people may call me Pollyannish, um, (laughs) Dr. Pruitt. Um, (laughs) and, um, and that's a heavy bear to cross, you know, like cross to bear, um, to, to be able to, like, I remember when I was moving home and they were just like, oh my gosh, Lee, I can't wait for you to move home. Like, you're such a light, you're such a, you know, you're going to bring so much light to the family. And I'm like, that's a lot of pressure. Right. So I, um, and I truly am like in my authentic space, I'm very light. I am very happy. I'm very excited about the, you know, world. And guess what? I can have my moments that I get into that heaviness and that conditioning of, holy shit, um, the world's going to hell in a handbasket and I'm supposed to be this, you know, whatever it is. But, um, but that's that perfectionism and that's that fear of failure too. Like, I don't want to fail my family. I don't want to fail, you know, my, I don't want to fail myself. Uh, Mm. I don't want to, you know, so it goes into that too, but that has been able to shift into a different way of just like, I want to love myself enough to show up for myself. Mm. So, um, but, but that fear, that failure definitely comes in. And when you were talking about Sloan and like how you were saying, I'm not sure if Jonathan or I said anything, And immediately what I thought of is like, no, it's not, sometimes it's not what we say, it's what we do. Mm. It's what we do, right? And if, if I'm, you know, presenting in a way that we do, that we were taught to, right? It's you work hard, you, you make everything happen. You are, again, it's that like highly determined person that doesn't fail and you just keep fucking moving forward. Mm. And Yeah. And that is like, I think I'm thinking about all the times I've done that and like how my daughter watched that. And, you know, luckily I was far enough on my journey that my boys probably don't remember too much of it. (laughs) Right. Thankfully. Um, My daughter definitely (laughs) did. (laughs) So, I mean, not to get into a therapy session, although we definitely could hear like that. That's so spot on as far as like what Sloan has seen, he's seen me be, um, an executive and be, I mean, there is just this element of, but I'm also a hundred years older than he is. Right. And so it's kind of like, I've like, yes, I can ride a bike because I started riding a bike and fell off of it 48 times when I was, you know, five years old. Right. Right. And so it's, 
that's so eye-opening to me in this moment of being sure that he sees me screw up or not do something well or try new things and be uncomfortable because there is my fear of failure has kept me from experiencing certain things because it's, I get into that perfectionism of if I can't do it perfectly, I'm not going to do it at all. (laughs) Take that, right? Like (laughs) I'll show you, I'll hurt me. And it's, so you're absolutely right. It's our, it's the whole package. It's not just the words, it's our facial expressions, it's our behaviors, it's our, what are we modeling day in and day out? Um, right. as far as what's okay. And, and my, how am I taking risks? Sorry, right? No, yeah. no, that's perfect. Like, am I taking risks? Yes. And I think like this last year or so of more and more risk taking, I still have, have intentionally shielded him from like some of the darker parts of my depression. And I feel like that's just a, I feel like that's okay. And I might change my mind, hindsight being what it will be. But in, in the darkness of my, like my darkest moments, I have said to him, mommy's sad or mommy needs to rest because I like sleep was just so part of my depression. And so I know he has seen parts of that, but I wanted to shield him from like the really, the really dark stuff. Um, appropriately so, cause a, a seven and eight year old doesn't need to know all of those details, but I can do, I know I can do a, a better job or a different, different type of expression when it comes to what he sees, what he experiences. Moral of the story is, you know, we're not, we're never going to do it perfectly <laughs> as we, as we journey on towards um, getting better at it or being more curious about it. It's okay to fail in our attempts to be okay with failure. Right. Absolutely. Well, and it's also looking at, um, you know, what are we avoiding because of fear of failure? Like we were just talking about, right. Is what are the opportunities that I'm missing because of this fear of failure? Did I not take the job because I didn't think I was good enough because I didn't think I was qualified enough? Did I not go out and be silly on the trampoline because I didn't want to look stupid in front of my friends or in front of, you know, the community or just like what, what are those life moments that mm. we miss out on because of fear of failure? Yeah. We don't want to look stupid. And what message is that giving to our kids or to society and to ourselves, right? right? For those who don't have kids of, you know, what, what is it for? what is it protecting you from? It's actually hurting you more, but you have to know, right? When you were talking about the awareness, it's like, we just have to be aware that we're doing this, the messages that we have in our head and how that actually comes out in behaviors Mm -hmm. and avoidance, right? right? Because, you know, what, what does it look like? But let's break it down. What does it look like to be afraid of failure? It, you know, we already talked about avoidance, we avoid situations. Mm-hmm. We avoid putting ourselves out there. We avoid, put, you know, being vulnerable, you know, and I know we had that um, episode about our husbands of just like, you know, different conversations that I would avoid or avoid vulnerability with, with my husband, with the person I'm spending the rest of my life with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just like, what are we avoiding? And that's what it looks like. And, and a lot of anxiety, if you are highly anxious or depressed, we talked about that too, right? Is yeah. that depressed place. Like I remember 
so many moments of depression when I was so, I wanted to do something more with my life and I felt hopeless and I felt incapable because I didn't want to fail. So there goes the depression and it impacts every, you know, like you were just saying, every dimension of our life. So and if you want to really feel, you know, out of control or a loss of control, hold on to fear of failure. (laughs) Right. The exact opposite will be what your reality is when you think that you are in control of something and you're holding tight. The there's a cardinal outside my window and it is so bright and I'm reminded of cardinals are my spirit uh, one of the representations of my spirit guides and in this journey that I'm on um, that I've been on for I mean really over a year year and a half two years when I left being a CEO and got into being an executive director and then just like slowly moving away from that corporate identity And one of the things I was afraid of was like, who would I be? Who, who am I if I'm not these other things, if I don't have these titles? And, Mm -hmm. um, I'm just reminded as I look at this Cardinal that's still sitting there, which I'm surprised normally they come and they go, but he is just chilling. And I am so grateful, but it's a reminder of the things that we are, that we fear the most hold us back from the greatest experiences. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't know because we're, we're trying to be in control of something, but what's on the other side of that is freedom, mm-hmm. freedom to experience, right? Like you just don't know how good it can get if you're always so tied to what you think it should look like. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's my experience right now. I'm in my third month. It's March at this recording, I'm in my third month of launching my business. And it is, and I kind of like in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm probably going to end up saying, I wish I'd done this sooner. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And that has been the case where I'm just like, man, what was I so afraid of? It is so much better over here. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what do we miss out on? What are we, what do we think we're actually controlling, which I don't know, spoiler alert, when we think we're in control of things, we're not. And we, and we do, we, we miss out on some really beautiful opportunities and really amazing adventures and experiences that otherwise we would never have had. Oh my gosh. I love that you brought up that term adventures, because that is something that, um, a very close friend of mine, she was like, just think of life as an adventure. And of course, like, she's not the only one you see it all over, right? Adventure, this, that, but truly, what does that mean? What does it mean to, to be on this adventure is to wake up every single day and think, oh my gosh, I wonder what could happen today. Um, and not from a fear place, right? Of just like, oh, right. is the world going to implode? Or, you know, am I going to get fired today? Or, <laughs> or anything like that? It's this great adventure of endless possibilities mm. in a more positive aspect. And there's this Price Pritchett, uh, his PhD, he wrote U Squared, and he also wrote the Quantum Leap Strategy. Mm. And he talks about seeking failure. Um, and it, it reminds me of, Oh my gosh, why can't I think of her name now? I talk about her all the time. Sarah um, from Sphinx. How oh yeah, like, she would often seek failure and she was taught that from a very young age. And he talks about, he's like, uh, mistakes are really good for you. They tell you what to do and not to do to continue, continue the pursuit of your goal. 
mistakes are the best teachers you're ever going to have in life. So don't be afraid of failure. And he really talks about, it's just like, what experiments do you need to run to test the limits of what you can achieve? I love that. I love love it. (laughs) And that goes into that adventure, right? It's, and when we think about what, like everything that we avoid and we hold back from because of, again, those limiting beliefs of, you know, I don't have the skills to achieve this. Um, I won't be able to achieve my goals. Being able to look at procrastination comes from that too. Procrastinating mm-hmm. to the point where it impacts, you know, your, your business or your life and stuff like that. Here's another way, um, like telling people, Oh, I probably won't do so great anyways, but I'm going to give it a try. Right. It's like setting that expectation of like, so I won't have to like, look like a fool and stuff like that. Or I'm trying to like help you identify, like, what are some of the thoughts? What are the behaviors that we engage in when we, like, when we have that fear of failure, um, Esther and underestimating your own abilities. Mm -hmm. That's another one, right. Just like I talked about right before that, Worrying that imperfections will make other people think less of you. Oh yeah, perfectionism, right? How many times have we like help had that hold us back? I know that me personally, I have held back because I was in being a coach, because I had some negative experiences mm-hmm. with therapists and how they view coaches. I'm like, I won't be respected. People will think less of me, mm-hmm. right? And and some sometimes that was true, right? Some people were like, what did you do? Um, a very dear friend of mine was like, what did you do to, to like to be that. a coach? Did you do something unethical? I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. um, and worrying that you, you'll disappoint people, but it's looking at, so when you allow all of these things to hold you back, all of these beliefs, all of these fears, he says this uh, Price Pritchard, Pritchett, <laughs> um, what really have you proven so far? Hmm. What, what really have you proven, right? Because we haven't gone out there and we haven't tested the limits. Have you truly found the edge of your capacities? Mm-hmm. No, we haven't. No. <laughs> no. Most of us aren't even close. I started thinking about the motivation of some of my fear of failure was trying to be what other people wanted me to be or what I thought they wanted me to be. And it makes me think, and I'll I'll share the story really briefly. It'll be the Cliff's Notes version of Breezy, right? Like Breezy's my therapy dog. She was trained her first two years of her life were all about training to be a service animal. And so for those of you who don't know, service animals are um, assigned to a specific person for a specific task. So Breezy was going through her training. She's doing what she's doing. And all of a sudden she chases like a a pigeon or something or a squirrel. I can't remember. Like, but she chases something during one of her tests and she immediately flunks out because you can't do that as a service animal. (laughs) Um, If she was assigned to somebody in a wheelchair or had another like physical disability or whatever, she has to be able to focus. And so she became a facility dog. And so she's trained to be with the masses. And for three years, Breezy came to work with me every single day and she hung out with patients and she hung out with families and she hung out with staff. And Breezy was never meant to be a service animal. Mm, yes. She was meant to be with the masses. She was meant to be with everyone else. And so some might be like, oh, Breezy flunked out. How sad. No. Yay. Like that is like the the biggest gift that Breezy I mean, she was, she did, had no idea she's a dog. Um, but right. Like that, if we can embody and channel that type of energy of just like going with our guts, 
going with like that gut feeling or that that gut passion, desire, and stop hiding in these boxes of what we think other people want us to be. And it reminds me too of the quote, um, the internet says that Albert Einstein said this, but we don't know. But if you judge a fish for its inability to climb a tree, it will think itself a failure its entire Mm, life. Fish aren't supposed to climb trees. Breezy wasn't supposed to be a service animal. I wasn't supposed to be a corporate executive. They're right. Like all of these round, um, I'm a square peg trying to fit into a round hole and catching my edges, every push (laughs) and losing parts of myself as a result. And so like this fear of failure is so much of what other people have expectations for us or what we think other people have the expectation of us. Right. And what would it look like if we just stripped bare and just said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go big or go home. And, mm-hmm. and I love that idea. I love the visual of like the experiment and the adventure and the gathering yes. of data. It's kind of like, well, I'm just running an experiment right now. It really lessens the like pressure. I'm just yes. like, I'm just in an experiment right now, y'all. And, <laughs> and I'm gathering a whole bunch of data and we're going to see what, what sticks and what doesn't. And it lessens the pressure, but I also think it gives us the freedom to try and I think that's like the message if, if we were to kind of bring it full circle from, from me and from where I sit is having the courage to be who you really want to be, who you really are, and risking your ego, your pride, embracing the opportunity to see what your limits are find your edge in yoga. My teacher always says, find your edge, get right up to your edge. See how far you can push your body, get right up to your edge. And emotionally and mentally and socially finding what our truth is, what our our authentic truth, really what it is and risking, maybe looking like an idiot maybe feeling silly maybe having discomfort but I I will always believe this to be true is that there is discomfort when we try new things and when we um, explore our authenticity and there is discomfort when we sit in a box that someone else created for us and so pick your discomfort Mm -hmm. and yeah I just hope that throughout some of any of this, somebody, anybody is able to maybe take a risk and um, chase that pigeon because you were never meant to be in one space with one person for one, for, for one limited amount of time. We're so much more powerful and like our possibilities are so much more infinite than we allow when we're just being really perfect at being small. Right. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a a real, like, so that's the call to action is, you know, to go against the grain of all the beliefs that we've been holding on to that is, that have kept us small, that have have Mm -hmm. kept us in fear. And I think another call is to redefine failure, right? We, We allow it to define us from such a young age and let's redefine 
just like we are redefining all the beliefs, let's redefine that as well. Yeah. What does it mean to you? Does yeah. it mean you're living? Oh, if a, if a report card of A's means that you have just safely stayed in that teeny tiny little box and a report card of F's means that you are expanding and exploring and experiencing, then I encourage everyone to go out and just flunk, fail with epic proportions. And fail with such joy. Yes. You know what I mean? Which can be a challenge. You know, I've been there before. I'm like, oh man, well that sort of flopped. And guess what? I just realized what not to do again. Um, You know what I mean? It doesn't mean I am a failure. Right. And that's that taking, taking the shame away of, of the, of the wording of that, of just, it's not, I am a failure. It's like, okay, so this thing that I did, did not work out the way that I anticipated. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, So sort of depersonalizing it and yes, allowing yourself to be you and all of your failure experiment in life and embrace it. Go big, go big or go home. (laughs) And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is always an honor and privilege to be on this journey with you. Stay curious, connected, compassionate, and courageous. If you're looking for different ways to connect with the work that we both do, please check out our sites easyliving.space, that's E-Z, living, L-I-V-I-N-G, dot space, or release with Katie. Release like letting go with Katie, K-A-T-I-E dot com for more information. As always, love and light from us to you.